Okay, we're going to get started. You ready, Seth? Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, first of all, hello, Dr. Uh, Christina Parks. Uh, we are very glad and delighted to have you on our show today. Um, can you tell our audience in Minneapolis uh, about yourself uh, in your own words? Boy, that's a really open-ended question. <laughs> I find myself in a lot of different ways. Um, I uh, received my PhD in cellular and molecular biology um, from University of Michigan in 1999. At the time when I was graduating, I had really, I was actually doing at the time a lot of work in the Ypsilanti public schools, which is a largely minority underprivileged uh, area. And we were building a health sciences pipeline to um, really show minority students that like, you know, you can't really do something until you can conceive of it. And so we brought them in to the medical school. We did hands-on science experiments. And so I was really involved in education a lot at that time. And I decided that really it takes 40 years for what we learn in research to trickle down to the math. And I said, you know what? It's not even, um, it's, it's what we know, but nobody else knows it that's part of the problem. And so at that point, I decided um, that I would go into education. I actually have a history of drama, dance. Oh, wow. and so actually teaching is kind of right. <laughs> was actually more along my lines of sitting in a lab. And like, <laughs> all day. So it's right. actually been a great match to be an educator. So I consider myself primarily an educator, but I have stayed very current on the scientific literature. And um, I'm also a homeschool mom. Um, my son just, uh, recently graduated from high school and went on to college. He's in New York city right now. And, uh, and so I'm kind of sort of relaunching my career right now. Um, and, uh, and so I have an educational company called new health paradigms where I help people understand like any, everything from in vitro fertilization to, uh, vaccines to, um, anything. And actually like people were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Until COVID came on. Right. <laughs> exactly. Like, Help us understand this. And so yep. I've really been doing a lot of speaking people, um, helping people understand the vaccines, understand the science of the treatments, the vaccines, all of the related things so that they can maybe understand what's going on and make an educated decision. Wow. Thank you very much. And we're going to start talking about the vaccines right now. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> doing, doing your testimony in front of the Michigan Congress, uh, you discussed the difference between what a vaccine is able to do versus the perception of what it, uh, it's able to do. Can you tell us more about that? Right. Well, this is specifically with regards to the COVID vaccine, but it's also true for the flu vaccine. When you're talking about a respiratory virus, um, it infects your mucosa, your nose and your throat first. Right. And, um, and what, where do you put the vaccine? You inject it. And so you make antibodies in your blood. So the antibodies are around looking in your blood for the virus. And they're like, yeah, you see it. No, I don't see it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And actually your, your, um, your lungs are very, you know, have a lot of blood flow, right? You oxygenate your blood. So actually mm-hmm. if there's virus in your lungs, it may see that virus and neutralize it. So it will prevent severe infection in the lungs, but guess where it's not seeing the virus, it's not mm. seeing it in your nose and throat. Mm. And so you can continue to replicate virus and you can continue to spread it. So theoretically it could reduce symptoms in the lungs, but we know that they continue to have um, as high viral loads in the nose and throat as unvaccinated people. So you're still spreading. 
And so they right. know this. They know that's how the vaccines are designed because they're actually trying to design like a nasal vaccine that would induce a sort of um, antibody in your nose and throat that would neutralize it. So they know this and they're right. being extremely, um, you know, they're basically lying. Right, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Let's just say it for what it is. They know right, it exactly. And, and misleading people. Right. <laughs> Uh, uh, so um, uh, in that video, you also say uh, our immune systems are complex. So why as a society do we uh, uh, choose not to allow our immune systems to do the job and, and we always like choose to medicate or get a vaccine to do the job for us? Well, unfortunately, I think this has a lot to do with money. Um, right. And when I was in graduate school, I started to see them make decisions that didn't make scientific sense to me. Like, um, having everybody vaccinated for the chicken pox. I'm like, that's a mild virus. It gives lifelong immunity. Why are we doing that? And then they started to move vaccinations under the age of two when the immune system's not fully developed. I'm like, why are they doing that? And none of this made sense until I found out that in 1986, a law was passed that vaccine manufacturers are not liable for any vaccine that they get on the childhood schedule. Mm. And so um, basically you have a product that you can mandate for everybody and you have no liability. And so uh, a child's immune system is actually underreactive when it's under two. There's a reason for that because you want to reduce inflammation because that brain is developing and that brain development mm-hmm. is so critical and um, high immune activation is absolutely detrimental for brain development. And so mm-hmm. everything in the, in, the, in the child's body tries to be anti-inflammatory. So the vaccine manufacturers took advantage of that to pump every vaccine in them that they could possibly Imagine because they knew they would actually have less adverse reactions in that um, window before the age of two or three. Wow. Okay. So, so uh, can vaccines harm our immune system, and, and, uh, and how can it be harmful to our to our bodies? So, this is a really complex question, but I'll try right. to oversimplify it for you. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, the, the short answer is yes. In fact, when I was in graduate school, we were still, we are still finding out all the players in the immune system. There's a lot we don't know. And, you know, we used to have a sign on our door in research that said, if we knew what we were doing, we wouldn't call it research. Right, exactly. And so there's so much we don't know about the immune system, but we know it's very complex. So the idea that you're going to enter a huge perturbation of it and not have unintended consequences is, is silly. And in fact, when I was in graduate school, people understood that actually there wasn't this all vaccines are safe and effective vaccines are safe and effective vaccines are safe right. and effective until you're long, yep. like, you know, there, there was an understanding that it's complex science and you only wanted to um, use a vaccine when the cost of the infection was, you know, considerably greater than the potential for like misregulating your immune system. Right. Because they knew that that was going to happen to some degree, but once a lot of money could be made, suddenly nobody saw that it could dysregulate your immune system. So we actually have some real world studies. We knew in theory that it could dysregulate your immune system, but we have some real world studies. So one of the um, leading vaccinologists in the world ran a bunch of vaccine campaigns in Africa. And what he found out, um, they just because they would come in and do the vaccines and then they would leave, they actually vaccinated a bunch of kids and then there was a bunch that they didn't, you know, based on their birthday. And they were, you know, just a day apart or, you know, <laughs> just right, right. And then they went back and looked at overall mortality. And what they found is that kids that were vaccinated with the DTP vac- vaccine, um, the girls were 10 times more likely to die of all causes. 
And wow. in fact, when I looked at the cause, like it looked like girls were, were dying more in a way they were, but actually it was almost like 40% of the boys actually died after the vaccine. Now I'm not saying they died from the vaccine, not necessarily right. like the day after, but what happened was it somehow compromised their immune system in a way that made them susceptible to other infections or other stresses and their right. body just couldn't handle all that excess stress. Conversely, mm. they found that actually if they gave a live vaccine, that's actually a live virus that your body's used to seeing, and they gave it in the way that the body's used to seeing it, like polio is actually a disease of the intestinal tract, they give a droplet of the polio vaccine in, in the intestines, and that actually rescued some of it, it actually um, retrained the immune system appropriately, so they didn't have as much death and mortality. Right. And so they see, saw a positive effect with that vaccine. Now, the point of this being, this is really complex science. There's a lot going on here and we can't just pair it safe and effective, safe and effective. Exactly. Yeah. Right. right. And so uh, the next question I have is like about the effectiveness of, of, of the COVID-19 vaccine, because before it came out, they were saying 95% and, and things of that <laughs> nature. And so, and so, and so now it, it, it can't be that. Now, is that because of there's a different variant and this COVID and the vaccine was made for another variant or or is the vaccine just not working as they thought it would? Right. So this is where you all feel gaslighted, right? You're like, yes, 95% right. effective. what am I missing? And this is why people call me in to talk. And so when um, like, where's the rest of the sentence? 95% effective at like maybe the small print is putting money in farmer's pocket. <laughs> right. So let's take a step back and say, what, what were they measuring? And what they were actually measuring was a reduction in symptoms. So let me tell you how they did the experiment. And you can be as odd struck at the stupidity of this as, as the rest of us. Right. So here's what they did. They took actually 30,000 people. They had a control group that just got saline and they had uh, 15,000 that got the vaccine. And the Moderna and the Pfizer um, trials were pretty similar this way. And, and then, um, but what they were measuring and they were all healthy young volunteers. So how many of those were about to get seriously ill anyway? Right. right. You don't know, right? right? Yes, right. So right. then did they do a PCR test every three days like they're doing in our medical workers or our children or our athletes? No, they said, mm. you know what? We're not even going to test you at all unless you have serious symptoms. Then call your doctor, the doctor, and we'll decide if we should test you. All right. So in an animal trial, you would give them the vaccine. You would wait an appropriate amount of time for the immune system to build its response. And then you would expose them to the virus. That way you would know if it prevents transmission and if it really, how effective it is at actually preventing symptoms. Right. You can't do that with humans. That's why it was so important for them to do large scale animal trials, which were not done. Okay, there were wow. a few small animal trials done. So mm. you can't just expose humans to the virus. So do you know how many they said came down with COVID out of 30,000? About much? 200. Mm. So we are vaccinating the world based on results from 200 people. Wow. About 200. And there, I think this is the Moderna data I'm telling you, but it was a, similar in both groups. So about 200 people came down with COVID. And since um, 185 were in the control group and only 11 were in the vaccine group, they said that's 95% effective. Oh my gosh. Okay, now, mind you, they weren't testing them. 
So many of the people who are in the vaccine group, remember, it's supposed to make symptoms less. If it did that, then you might have had asymptomatic carriers. Right. They're infected, they have right. it in their nose and throat, but they're not showing symptoms. So they never call their doctor, never go get tested. So they did this on purpose, right? They should have been testing them every three days to see how many became PCR positive because that's what they're doing to us. Right, right, yep. right. So then wow. it gets worse because you're like, and then I asked the question, well, okay, so the symptoms of being vaccinated are really very similar to the symptoms of COVID. How did they know the difference, right? Well, what yep. they did is they said, if you're seven days after the vaccine, we're not going to test you. We're not going to worry about you. And if you're 14 days after the second vaccine, we're not going to test you. We're not going to worry about you. Mm -hmm. All right, so they excluded those huge groups of people. And the, this is really um, important for a reason, because we've known for hundreds of years that if you vaccinate someone, it weakens your immune system for a few days after vaccination. So what they should be right. telling people is you go get the vaccine, stay home because you're going to be really susceptible to getting any kind of illness. OK, because it tanks your immune system. And we have really hard data on that. Right. And so mm -hmm. what are people doing? They're going out, they're getting the vaccine. They're like, woohoo, I'm good. Yep. And yep. they're getting COVID. Right. And so we're seeing this. And how many people have you heard? They're like, I'm not getting the flu vaccine anymore because every time I do, I get sick. I hear a lot of people yes. like, I'm getting the flu from the flu vaccine. Yep. Technically, <laughs> unless it's not what it's supposed to be. No, you're not getting flu from the vaccine. Right. But what it's doing is tanking your immune system. And if the flu is circulating, then you get it. Right. Okay? Get it. Oh, wow. Okay. So okay. This, yep. And so this is how vaccination, mass vaccination, you have all these people out there with huge susceptibilities in their immune system. You've got COVID circulating. They get it. They can still spread it. And they may be asymptomatic and then they're spreading it to all the other people who have just been vaccinated. Mm. Right. And so the vaccination campaign can very easily be driving an outbreak in this way. Wow. And this is where it's like if they just admitted what was going on and said, hey, you get that vaccine, you take four days off of work or whatever, you know. Right. Yep. Yep. You know, and so like I, I think there's a lot of problems with the vaccine that you shouldn't get it. But but at least be clear and honest about the science. And so they ended up having like between, depending on the study, two and 4,000 people who had COVID-like symptoms, but only 200 mm. of them did they deem in to, to test. Wow. And what was going on with those right. other like thousands wow. of people? Right, wow. All right, so mm. this exactly. is terrible science, terrible science. And yet we are forced vaccinating the world based on it. Wow! So, right. so it, 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 which it, it leads to this this theory that, like, even I, I hear it everywhere. And what they're saying is that if you get the vaccine, then you are protecting your family, you are protecting everybody around you. But on 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 the opposite end of it, if you get the vaccine, you can still get COVID, and you can still pass it along. So, and so I, I feel like on my everyday my everyday struggle for the past <laughs> since the vaccine has come out. <laughs> Is the media telling everybody if you get the vaccine, uh, um, you you won't get it and you won't pass it to anybody else? And then me in my regular life trying to inform people that hey, if you get the vaccine, you still can catch it and you still can pass it along to everybody. Right. Yeah. But they're they're like making it this virtue signaling. So notice, um, if you listen carefully, like Anthony Fauci or Rochelle Walensky or some of these people, they won't say that. They're very careful with their ratings. They might imply it, but they won't say it. They get some celebrity 
or some nurse or somebody right. up there to say it who can't be expected to know the science. Right. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yep. And so yep. that's how they're playing games with this. But I know it feels like you're in, like, you just want to beat your head against the wall. And I do as a scientist, because there's so many people like, and then you, it's a, it's like a psych, you, you, whatever they call it, psyop or whatever. I'm not right. Yeah. Yeah. Conspiracy theories, but right, yeah. um, <laughs> where they're basically telling people, if you get it, you can feel good about yourself. Right. right? And uh-huh. everybody wants to feel good about themselves. Right. Exactly. If you don't yep. get it. You're a bad person. And right. It, yep. it doesn't matter if people have reservations. I talked to a young woman whose mother was really had reservations about it. She said, can you educate my adult daughter? And I said, yes, she's an adult, but I will let her know here are some of the things about the vaccine, the vaccines. And I, I did. And eventually she said, yeah, I know that this could be really dangerous and it could kill me. And um, basically um, the peer pressure from my, my peer group is so strong that I would rather be disabled by this vaccine than have them think badly of me. Wow. That's the psychological yeah. pressure, especially young people. A lot of them. Right. right. Wow. I, I know even uh, Andrew Wiggins. I don't know if you heard about Andrew Wiggins uh, from the NBA. He uh, he plays for the uh, Golden State Warriors. And I guess like maybe uh, like a few weeks ago or last week, he was one of the people outspoken. He was saying that he wasn't going to take the vaccine. And yesterday he actually ended up taking getting the vaccine. And he said that the reason why he did it is because he that he felt pressure from the NBA and the government to take this vaccine. Right. This and, and they're like, well, you're a role model. Everybody's watching you. And if you don't yep. do it, blah, 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 blah. Right. Um, yeah. It, you know, it's, it's just it's absolutely crazy. And they're acting like this is just some innocuous injection. But this is different than any other vaccine that has ever been in widespread use. It is basically what we used to call experimental gene therapy and right. gene transfer technique where they're putting the instructions to make the spike protein. The spike protein is the protein that causes all the deleterious effects or most of them of COVID. Right. So they're taking the very protein that causes all the terrible effects of COVID and putting the instructions into all your cells. And it doesn't stay in the injection site. It goes all over your body and makes a ton of this spike protein that's neurotoxic, that destroys your energy producing mitochondria um that causes blood clots you know they're taking that and having a bunch of yourselves and so and then you wonder why people are conspiracy theorists and think that it's a bioweapon because it really looks like one right right wow Oh, oh so okay okay so the vaccine mandates are the biggest issue in our country how do you feel about the public choosing between their livelihood and their jobs to me, this is a holocaust because we don't know um, the short-term effects of the vaccine have been catastrophic. There's over 15,000 reported deaths, yeah. right? Those most of the, they've called about those. Those aren't like made up, you know, right. doctors right. have had to submit medical information about them. Um, 86% of them are within five days of the vaccine. I think about 50% are within two days of the vaccine. Yeah. So the most deaths we usually see from all vaccines combined reported deaths are usually under 200. So we're talking about more reported deaths than all vaccines combined in all years that we have data for. And everybody's Mm -hmm. acting like this doesn't exist. Right. So the short term, um, we've got myocarditis in young people. We've got young people having heart attacks and dying after this. We're all like, nothing to see here. And we're still pushing these vaccine mandates. We don't know the effect on cancer. We don't know the effect on fertility, but we do know that it accumulates in the ovaries of women. 
And we know that we've seen problems um, with testicular swelling in men, but we're just going to mm, like give it yeah. to our young people anyway. All these college students, you know, it's interesting at the colleges, all the young people are running out and getting the vaccine because they can't handle the pressure. But a lot of the adults that are under the same mandates aren't. They're holding out. They're waiting to see what happens. They're right. filing religious exemptions. Do you see what I'm saying? Because adults are yes. like, wait a minute. Like, I'm not. Right. You know? <clears throat> exactly. And I just feel terrible that all of these young people have trusted society that they wouldn't do something to them that was, you know, terrible. It, it, exactly. And so I think what we're seeing is a Holocaust. And I think that it will go down in history as a Holocaust. And, um, you know, there's lots of conspiracy theories about why, like, is this a bioweapon? Is it not a bioweapon? Is this intentional? Is it unintentional? I find it hard to believe that it's unintentional at some level of the design right. of the vaccine, because like scientists right. are just not that stupid. Right. Exactly. Okay? Yes. And, and so <laughs> like, I mean, if somebody was saying this is a bad idea and why they weren't listened to or whatever, I don't know. Um, but what's really terrifying to me is how many medical people, how many scientists, how many people who see that there's something that's very, very wrong and are not speaking out. Not saying, yep. Yep. Yeah. And so, you so, know, many of them for their jobs, for whatever reasons, but you know, I'm not going to be one of those people. Right. Exactly. We, 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 we thank you for when we saw that video, we was like, cause, cause we do the same thing every, every single day. We say the exact same thing. We like, yo, be careful of the vaccine. Oh, you see what Fauci said here? Oh, you see what Pfizer? Like we point that out to people every single day, and they just like, ah, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. You know, it's just like it's like, no, yeah. here, here's the articles, here's the the here's everything you know that you need to know. And just like, I don't know if you heard about um Nicki Minaj. Have you heard about Nicki Minaj a few weeks ago? Or a little bit, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So she was also saying. That her what was it? Her cousin Cedric? What was her? Um, it's like her cousin's yeah. friend's balls were yes, something. Yeah. yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But he was talking about uh 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 testicular uh uh, uh swelling. swelling. Yes. So okay, so so that's a real thing that's happening, right? Because a Absolutely. lot of people, right? Because a lot of people was coming out and they were saying that oh she made that up uh, and they made memes about it, memes about it, and they were just talking like she was like that was a crazy theory that was going on so this is a thing well here's the thing in 2002 and i i put this in my testimony um basically congress finally commissioned the cdc to do the study to see if the mmr vaccine caused autism or was related to autism and so they weren't going to do vaccinated versus unvaccinated so they did vaccinated kids versus vaccinated kids and figured what can we find so they did ones that were vaccinated on time and ones that were vaccinated late, thinking they wouldn't find anything, but they did. They found that boys had very highly increased risk of autism if they were vaccinated with the MMR vaccine on time. They tried to make that data go away and they couldn't because it was such a strong association. So they shredded it. Right. And, um, and, and you haven't heard anything about it in the media. And, you know, I've had actually some people that I know that work with autism, you know, say like, you notice that there's just a lot more black boys, you know, right? Yep, yep. right? And yep. honestly, statistically, probably um, blacks are probably under vaccinated with regard to the general population for various right. different reasons. Um, but here you've got this large group of autistic black boys and everyone's being gaslighted that like, 
no, no, you're not seeing that. You're not seeing that. Well, how many autistic boys do we have? And how many boys do we have that are still in the normal range, but have brain damage? Like we are starting to understand the mechanism by which this can cause um, injury. And we know that African-Americans, once they can have mutations that are protected from malaria, that cause their red blood cells to burst open when the right. when their, their system is under too much stress. We also know that they have, um, African-Americans have a much stronger antibody response and that antibody response can cause inflammation and that inflammation can cause brain damage. So there's plausible mechanism here, but we're all being gaslighted and told not nothing to see here. Right. So that was in 2002. How many black boys brains have been destroyed since then? Mm, right day absolutely wow and, and, and so so this is leading to a lot of different questions i, I have questions <laughs> here but as you speak i come up with different questions yeah, i so, know <laughs> <laughs> so 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 uh um so in the case of the mmr vaccine or just vaccines period uh based on race or ethnicity ethnicity it can affect uh, a different race differently, even if they're given the same vaccine. Exactly. And they've known this and they're hiding it. They don't want to deal with that. And so, you know, you like the Italians, one of the reasons the Italians um, have some of the same mutations that blacks do, um, Africans do that are protective against malaria. And that might've been why COVID hit them so hard. So what they're not telling people is the same things that make you more susceptible to COVID um, the g- genetic and epigenetic pre um, stuff is, you know, make you susceptible are the right. same ones that are going to make you susceptible to vaccine injury. Mm. Right. Mm. So like, right. you know, do you want to, you know, <laughs> like, you know, do Russian roulette with this gun or with this one? Right. You know? right and it's right. like, no, maybe I'll take a treatment that's neither one. And so mm. it's not about like finding the perfect answer, but it's at least about being transparent about what the choices are. Right. Right. Okay, close to 70% of Blacks are still unvaccinated. What does the future hold for Black working class if the vaccine mandates become more prevalent? I think it holds absolute catastrophic devastation. Um, MMR vaccines started devastating the Somali community when they moved to the U.S. My children are Ethiopian, and, you know, my son is in, uh, and so he's got the same genetics. um, And so he's going to be probably predisposed to vaccine injury. And so he's in um, New York and he said, mom, I'm just about the only un- unvaccinated one here. Right, and I said, right. well, I, mean, like, I can't do anything. I can't go out. I can't work. I can't, you know, get food from a restaurant. And uh, it, it's absolutely ridiculous. So it's going to have um, economic devastation for the people who are willing mm-hmm. to hold out and physical devastation for the people who capitulate. And the question is, are we going to allow this genocide in our community? You know, I've been trying to speak to the African-American community for a long time. But as you guys are probably very familiar with, people are like, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yep. Um, they yeah. don't want to hear it. It's just it's too much to wrap their head around that. You can't trust your government. It's just it's too much. Right. But it's real and it's here. And um, hopefully people like I'm a mama bear. And so when we're talking about little black boys brains or little black girls in Africa that are, you know, have 10 times more likely to die. I get angry. And I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not having this. I'm not going to stand by while you destroy our children. It's one thing for an adult to make a bad choice. It's another for us to allow this to happen to our children. 
Right. It, it, it's, it's so it's so crazy because like uh, 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 what I've been saying is like I feel like African-Americans uh, like I feel like we could understand we ha- we always had a distrust for from the government and from like everybody. But I think what happened was with Trump in office and with uh, it, it's a lot of politics being played. So now the way the media spin it is, oh, you know what? The people who are Trump supporters and the Trump people are the people who don't wear the mask and the people who don't get the vaccine. So now black people are like, oh, I don't want to be those guys. So right. let me go. So let me just inject myself yep. and wear the mask all the time. It's like we're trying to be opposite of what and the media played. That's a great trick from the media to make mm-hmm. it seem and that it's way. an intentional one. Exactly. I, mean, I know people when they got vaccinated, they didn't have to wear a mask for a while. Now they have to wear a mask again, right? They're like, "Well, yep. I don't want to go without a mask because someone might think I'm a Trump supporter." Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Like, Is your health not <laughs> more important than that? You know, more yep. important than virtue signaling to let right. you know. And so I think it's, um, I think that there's a divide and conquer strategy here that's been very clear, um, clearly targeted at the black community, and right. that's not about truth. It's about making people choose a camp. So it's us against them. Right. You know, like black people are very, very practical. And, yep. and to avoid them going, no, nah, I ain't doing that mess. Yep. They're playing psychological games. Exactly. Yep. And so I, I think that we just have to say no, you know, regardless of what your political affiliation, just put that on hold for right now and say, I'm just going to have this, you know, issue be separate and wait and right. see, you know let that politics fall out as it may because this yep. is the health my health you know are you going to be able to keep your job are you going to be able to put food on the table if you're disabled yep. you know, what about your right. children you know yeah yes yeah why oh i, I so, so I, I just got uh, two more questions uh, uh or two more just topics just to ask you about so uh um <laughs> I, I know for the i, I know for the vaccine uh, a lot of times uh a lot of people are taking it because it, it gives them hope. So, so it, it's not even the actual, what the vaccine is doing. It just make people feel safer that they actually, they feel like they're being proactive in this whole plan or uh, uh, pandemic. Uh, um, so what other treatments or what other things besides the vaccine can we do that will help boost our immune system? Uh, and it will offer us that same type of uh, hope and feeling that we are doing something to help our bodies fight against COVID. Right. So, I mean, I think that's one of the saddest parts is that they've basically tried to stop um, effective treatments from getting out there in order right. to make the vaccine the only alternative. The only alternative you have is to put on a mask and take the vaccine. Yep. And so obviously people reach for that because they don't feel empowered to do anything else. So, the thing is, the, the research actually shows that really small things like taking vitamin D, taking turmeric, which is curcumin, um, actually have a really measurable impact on your reduced uh, risk of mortality if you do it beforehand and early. So you can, you know, doctors have said, you know, make sure your vitamin D levels are sufficient. Go back and get some good old cod liver oil, right? right. Start taking that every day. Um, and, you know, some people take um, cumer, you know, you can get cum- uh, curcumin or turmeric tablets, that's anti-inflammatory. What you want is to prevent that COVID from going hyper-inflammatory. There are many different things, um, 
quercetin is antiviral. Some people take that. It's, it was found in um, like in, in grape juice or whatever, but they've concentrated some of these antioxidants. And that if you take it with zinc and doctors recommend 30 to 35 milligrams is what I've heard doctors recommend a day that um, more if you actually have it. And there's some protocols that I can send you guys that you can put out there by different doctors that can prevent the virus from replicating. Ivermectin right. and hydroxychloroquine, they have amazing <laughs> science behind them. Yes. It's an all out lie to say that they're not working. These are some of the most amazing medications. They're given out like the WHO gave out like 4 billion doses of, you know, I mean, I don't remember what right. the yes. of Ivermectin. It's been yes. used for decades. Um, hydroxychloroquine has been used for almost a century. It's been used in blacks for diabetes and hypertension in third world countries because so like, why wouldn't you give it? So if you can access like the frontline doctors and there's many, some other um, sort of telemed doctors springing up that will give you a prescription for those, those yep. are very effective and they're prophylactic. So you can take them like once a week in advance if you get with that doctor and get that prophylactic. Treatment. Right. And so do what you can to take control. If you can't get those, get your vitamin C and your vitamin D and your quercetin and your zinc and be taking those daily or every other day to build up your immune system. Once um, the problem with African-Americans is where I'm hyperinflammatory. inflammatory um, Many of us are very hyperinflammatory. We're predisposed right. to diabetes. I am, I've been, I was, well, I was thin all my life. Now I'm 50. So, but I've still been pre-diabetic my whole life. I've been hyperinflammatory my whole life. So, you know, get those things like uh, curcumin and vitamin D that are anti-inflammatory to bring that inflammation down. Ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine are extremely anti-inflammatory. That's one of the things they do. And if you get COVID, treat it early and treat it hard. Take those supplements, go see if you can get monoclonal antibodies, all right? If right. you are African-American and you have any risk factors like hypertension and diabetes, you should be eligible to get those monoclonal antibodies. And those wow. are very effective at preventing the progression of disease. Wow. Cause I, cause I have, I, uh, I, I actually have, um, I bless you. I actually have a uh, uh, hydroxychloroquine I, and I got it from the American frontline doctor. See, but I, I'm not sure where actually to get ivermectin. I, I'm not sure. You can get it like, from them as well, but there's oh, been wow. sort of a backlog um, now okay. that like people are finding out. So it's a little bit right. harder and the government's trying to limit it. Now they're even trying to limit the use of, of, uh, you know, monoclonal antibodies and anybody who doesn't think this is a conspiracy now is kind of, you know, who right. knows? It, right. It, it, think, ex ex exactly. That's what, that's what I was thinking. And, and now I, I heard uh, that Merck, I think it's Merck is about to come out with the, uh, uh, yeah, a pill. A, 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 like, yeah, is it Pfizer? Pfizer or is it, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Yes, yes, and it's like like you just said. If people don't see what's going on now, like what what can you do? Like <laughs> I, I know. I mean, and I think that a lot of it is really emotional. Um, you know, it's just like when when I was a kid, you guys look like you're quite a bit younger than I was. There was still the threat of <laughs> nuclear war, and right. you know, there was kind of a joke like this is going to be really bad for my career. You know, right. if there's yes, so exactly, war, right? exactly. <laughs> and, and this is kind of the same thing that people are like. I cannot accept that my world might change so dramatically that this might be a communist takeover by the Chinese or by right. the world or whatever it is. Yes. Somebody's trying to do something big. Definitely. And I don't know what that is. I'm just a scientist saying this is not adding up. Right. And so um, I think they don't want to accept 
that reality. And so they're going to be like, no, no, no. If I just ignore it, this is going to blow over and everything's going to go back to normal. Right, right. <laughs> and, you know, mm-hmm. some of us are working really hard, so maybe it'll fall apart and things will go back to normal. Or right. you know, maybe those of us who are speaking out will be sharing a, a, a jail cell and, you know. <laughs> exactly. <yeah. laughs> right. We'll see. <laughs> Yeah, you'll be laughing so, when you're in jail. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly. <laughs> uh, so we we uh, 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 we like to thank you for sitting down with us and for yes. coming on, uh, speaking thank to you. our audience. Um, is, is there um any any place that um our audience can follow you? Uh, I know you on Telegram. Are you on any other um social media sites or anything? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I am on Facebook just so that people can contact me via Facebook. I do not share much information on Facebook for obvious reasons. Anybody who right. shares, yep. I used to, they used to share my videos and they'd have their stuff taken down. They'd be, you know, yes. have their account canceled and I'd just be like, ha ha ha. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. my own videos. I don't know what you were thinking. So, um, yes, I am on Telegram. It's Dr. Christina Parks, DR period, Christina Parks. And, um, you know, a lot of times after some of these interviews, I will post my Telegram link on Facebook so that people can easily find me on Telegram. And so that's where I post most of my science. It's a really great platform for doing that. And uh, I actually am really pleased to have a lot more African-American followers. So yes, trying to get that information out there. Yes. Thank you very much. We really appreciate you for coming on today. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Bye bye.